Welcome to the Life in Deep Ellen podcast, exploring the sacred in art, faith, and community. It's actually our last day of the Unexpected Neighbor series. We've been learning how, how to um, see the unexpected neighbor and love others in the way that Christ loves us. And so today, as we wrap up this series, we're going to be in the book of Hebrews, and I'm going to read, read this scripture, and then we'll get into it a little bit. So we are in Hebrews um, chapter 13, and this is, this is an epistle, this is a letter that Paul wrote to an early Christian community, there, although there were both... Jews and Gentiles. This is an early Jesus follower community. And so they had a lot going on and they were doing their best to follow the Jesus way. Let's hear this word. Chapter 13, verse 1. Let mutual love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing that, some have entertained angels without knowing it. I'm going to read it one more time. Let mutual love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing that, some have entertained angels without knowing it. Then verse 3 goes on to say, Remember those who are in prison as though you were in prison with them, those who are being tortured as though you yourselves were being tortured. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. So in the King James Version, which, you know, we, we got we, we to love the King James sometimes. <laughs> it does hit different on occasion. And it does in this, in this circumstance. Um, in the King James Version, it says, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by, in doing that, some have entertained angels unaware. And you may have heard this phrase. Have you all heard this phrase? Angels unawares, uh, even if you haven't, that's okay. You may have seen this phrase printed in lovely calligraphy on a cute sign at Hobby Lobby, right? Some lovely Christ-like calligraphy that we got really good at. We got good at making the signs as Christians. Now we're trying to live it out. But hey, I love a good calligraphy sign. But these angels unaware, this call to stay in a spirit of hospitality, it's not really something you should just practice in your own home. I always heard this phrase preached and interpreted as a way of, you know, have, have people over to your house, be, be good neighbors to your community, and in doing so, you entertained angels unaware with, with your casserole and your potluck and your, your Friday night friends gathering. But this isn't actually just a call to how to operate in your private home, okay? It's actually an ethic of Christ-like love. That is how we understand the church all together, the house of God to which we are, we belong and we extend hospitality in God's house. So it's not just a cutesy little phrase to hang up in your home. It's not just a private act of Christian hospitality. It is a foundational ethic 
of love. And one person that really seemed to understand this, Chris mentioned the ancient tradition that goes before us of saints like C.S. Lewis and uh, all, all those that are um, in the tradition before, Mother Teresa. And one of these is Dorothy Day. Does anyone know about Dorothy Day? It's okay if you don't or do. Uh, so in the, in the 90s, there was an indie film called Entertaining Angels, Dorothy Day, and it was, a, it was a history of her life story. And Dorothy Day was born in 1897, and she grew up in what she calls a nominally Protestant upbringing, so she had some experience with church, but she ended up converting to Catholicism in 1928, and she co-founded the Catholic Workers' Movement. Now, the most important thing about Dorothy Day is that she deeply understood that acts of hospitality were critical to expressing her Christian faith. She was not interested in a faith that was all about talk and words without actions and deeds of justice. And she encountered Christ in the people she ministered to. She ministered to all kinds of people and she really cared about those who were impacted by poverty. She knew that Jesus cared about those who were impacted by poverty, and she wasn't going to just let people stay impoverished. She wanted to make a difference. So she ended up uh, working, and from her publishing enterprise came a house of hospitality, a shelter that provided food and clothing to the poor of the Lower East Side. The movement spread quickly to other cities in the United States and to Canada and the UK, and then more than 30 independent but affiliated Catholic worker communities had been founded by 1941. Y'all, this, this woman was edgy in the 40s. This was an edgy Catholic woman who cared so much about her faith and living it out through deep commitments to hospitality. And not a lot of people liked that. <laughs> they, they found her um, a bit... Uh, outspoken, a bit radical, a bit too edgy, um, but she stayed commit committed. And she has a few quotes that I think really speak to this idea of the unexpected neighbor. She says, she says that we only love God as much as the person we love the least. Oh, oh, do you feel that in your spirit? Do you feel that conviction? I feel it because she was really challenging the idea that we could just love God separately, that we could just have a lovely, beautiful, personal connection to God and, and not have to worry about the other humans, right? But she found and, and she exemplifies this Christ-like love that how we love others is a reflection of how we love God. And that when we love others, we love God. It's this beautiful, beautiful thing. In Hebrews, uh, at the beginning of Hebrews, Paul says this. In chapter 3, he has this phrase that I really, really love. He says that we are partners in a heavenly calling. Hang on, I'm going to find it. Yes, that we are partners with God. 
that, that how we act and live matters because we are in partnership with God. We are co-creating with God. And Jesus gives us the ability to do this. Jesus has made the way to this radical hospitality. Partners in a heavenly calling. So what we do matters. Dorothy Day has another quote that I want you to hear, and it says this. What we would like to do is change the world, make it a little simpler for people to feed, clothe, and shelter themselves as God intended them to do. And by fighting for better conditions, by crying out unceasingly for the rights of the workers, the poor, of the destitute, the rights of the worthy and the unworthy poor. In other words, we can, to a certain extent, change the world. We can work for the oasis, the little cell of joy and peace in a harried world. We can throw our pebble in the pond and be confident that its ever-widening circle will reach around the world. We repeat, there is nothing we can do but love. And dear God, please enlarge our hearts to love each other to love our neighbor, and to love our enemy as our friend. It's this commitment to entertaining angels unawares. It's easy to give in to a spirit of despair and apathy. What can we do? What can we change? With all of this heat that we're experiencing with all of the challenges of the culture we live in, I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel apathetic. I feel overwhelmed. I wonder if what I do really does make a difference in God's kingdom. But the good news of this passage in Hebrew says that what we do actually does matter to God. That there is hope that newness of life can come. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. I think Lyde has been entertaining angels for a long time. I think the way we've set up our organization means we are a hospitable space for people to come in and experience the grace of God. But we can never get too complacent. We must remember that Christ is among us, waiting for us to respond with hospitality. And this means that every interaction we have, as LaShonda said today in her prayer, shows us the face of Jesus. When we meet people in this place, we meet the presence of Christ. That's why it's great to show up and be here because there's something good here going on. The presence of Jesus is here when people gather together in the practice of love. You see, salvation isn't just something that happened 2,000 years ago, y'all. God's saving us every day when we come into this place, when we share our vulnerabilities, when we give our testimonies, and when we share our doubts, Christ shows up. 
this is a very different way of understanding Jesus because this means that Jesus is kind of everywhere. <laughs> that there's nowhere you can really run or hide or insulate yourself from the presence of Christ. And while that might feel intimidating, it's actually really, really good news. It means that Jesus is always reaching out to you, always trying to communicate to you in a different way. And this isn't a type of undercover boss testing, okay? Now you might be hearing me say, Jesus is everywhere, there are angels we've gotta entertain, oh Lord. But what this means, it's not that Jesus is this undercover boss that's waiting for us to get it right, that's judging us on how much we love someone and then will punish us later. Rather, he's just waiting, he's here, he's present. He's waiting for us to respond and experience a deeper love with him, a deeper connection. Because he cares about being in relationship with us. And so he shows up all the time. Because that's what you do when you care about someone. You show up. And Jesus is showing up every day. So are we. Are we showing up? Are we showing up expecting to encounter the presence of Christ? Are we treating every person as though they have dignity and worth and matter to God? Are we loving people with words and actions, not just words? And are we also realizing that actions are really important, but sometimes words matter too? Sometimes there's a word someone needs to hear. They need to hear that they matter to God. Actions and words go together. But these acts of hospitality are not conditional and they're not transactional. I heard today our, our, uh, in, in our rooted meeting, um, Randy, one of our board members, where is Randy? Did he, is he gone? Okay, Randy and Carrie had this great phrase and they're gonna be excited. It made it into the sermon because it was just so fantastic. They were talking, they were describing this spirit of hospitality here at Lyde. And they said, you know, our faith doesn't come with an agenda. We're not going to say, Jesus loves you and here's a cup of coffee. We're going to say, here's a cup of coffee because Jesus loves you. The act of hospitality is a reflection of Christ's love. We're not just giving people things so that they can feel converted or convinced or changed. There is no fine print on the grace of God. And so much of Christian hospitality has that sneaky fine print. Oh, we'll give you the free cup of coffee, but we need you to believe X, Y, and Z. We need you to change fundamental parts of who you are. But that's not grace. God's grace has no fine print. There's no pressure or fine print or 
dotted line, there is just an ongoing invitation to be loved more deeply and to love others more deeply. The idea is that every act of kindness, every kind word, every encouraging statement, it has an impact. It matters. And that means that you matter to the work of God. You know, there's, there's such an emphasis on the preacher, right, that I come up here once a week, I preach a good word to you, Pre I'm the one preaching the gospel, right? No, 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 no. You preach the gospel in your lives. You preach the gospel every time you set up chairs or hug a new friend. You are partners with God too. And together we do the work of God. I'm not the expert on faith, right? And I don't carry the sole responsibility and burden of preaching the gospel. That's something that we do together. So I wonder how we will live this out, life in Debellum. To me, I think about a lot of angels that come through this place. And I'm thinking of, um, I'm thinking of Gwen right, the history of a houseless neighbor who became so important to this community that we now have Gwen's Alley, angels unaware. I'm thinking of Shorty, who is so excited for the State Fair of Texas, and he tells me about it constantly, who lost some of his toes in the winter freeze because he did not have access to housing. Angels, unaware. I'm thinking of workspace tenants who come in each day to do their good work in the world, that sit at desks. Angels, unaware. I'm thinking of patrons of Mocha who want to get a good cup of coffee but also might be hungry for something more. Angels, unaware. And it extends even beyond this place, into the streets of Deep Ellum, into the lives of your family and community, people that you interact with that you may not know just how impactful your presence is in their lives. Because you can encounter the Spirit of Christ anywhere. The book of Hebrews as a whole is making one big point. Uh, if I had to sum it up, it's basically saying that Jesus is now the high priest, right? So basically in ancient Judaism, priests were a really big deal, okay? Priests, priests had a lot of power and there was a holy of holies and you had to really be a man, you had to be very educated in, in, in the culture. To get into the Holy of Holies was a big, big deal. Lots of pomp and circumstance, right? And the priests were seen as the ones who really mediated God to the world. They were the ones who, you know, preached the gospel. 
But you know what? Paul comes in in Hebrews and he says, that's all fine and good. Priests are fine and good. But there was one priest. You know what I'm saying? There was one priest who stands above the rest. There was one priest named Jesus, God's only son. And he made a way. He ripped the veil between sacred and defiled. He blurred the boundaries between sinner and saint. He walked the path between good and evil. He made the way of salvation for us. His love, his life, his death, his resurrection paved the way. And so as this priest, there is now no need for pomp and circumstance and limitations and regulations because the grace of Jesus is what rules in the world. He says this, therefore, brothers and sisters, holy partners in a heavenly calling, consider that Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Yet Jesus is worthy of more glory than Moses, just as the builder of the house has more honor than the house itself. Jesus was the priest. Jesus paved the way. Jesus broke down the barriers so that God's love could be made real among us. And that's like kind of good news. <laughs> it's, it's good enough news to change your life. It's, it's good enough news to live differently in the world. To be committed to acts of hospitality. To receive acts of hospitality from people who differ than you. So on those days when, when things seem to feel pointless, when there seem to be more problems than solutions, when your discouragement is trending upwards, remember that Christ is here, that Christ has been here, and Christ always will be here. That Christ will be present in unexpected ways. And that we can show up ready to be holy partners in this heavenly calling. And to take that role seriously. Sure, there's, we don't, we don't want to be prideful, per se, in the role. Or we don't want to say, oh, it's all up to us. We have this heavenly calling. We are partners with God. We don't want to brag about this calling. We don't want to say that it makes us better than others. But we do want to take it seriously. That in some ways, God is ready to work with us. And I wonder if you notice any changes if you just show up ready. 
Just start showing up ready. Just say, God, I'm ready to be used in unexpected ways. I'm ready to meet people that may make me uncomfortable. I'm ready to let go of prejudices that I'm still carrying. I'm ready to build relationships with people that I don't have much in common with. Maybe I have more in common with them than I think I do. I'm ready to be vulnerable, God. I'm ready to use what I have for your glory. And then the thing is, when you start to show up ready, oh my, you'll be surprised how quickly the Holy Spirit responds. You'll be surprised how quickly you feel more connected to God and to God's people. Holy partners in a heavenly calling. I keep saying over and over again, but what we do matters. It's not enough to just sit back and hope that someone else makes a difference. Because God has chosen to care about us. And when you really feel that love in your heart, you cannot help but extend that love back out into the world. There is a poet um, named Malcolm Gute. I'm hoping I'm saying his name right. And he has a poem um, called Angels Unaware. And I'm going to read it for you. He says, some people say that it's just a given thing, but you and I both know by whom it's lent. And that it's right here in the dirt where we've both been loved and hurt, that love himself has come to pitch his tent. Sometimes we're in the fields of holy roses, other times we're rolling in the tares, breaking bread and sharing wine. Did I feel your hand touch mine or did we both touch angels unawares? Abraham's down by the oaks of mom and Joseph dreams by an empty barn. There's a woman by the well with dreams no man can tell, though a broken man might keep her safe from harm. There's someone else inside this fiery furnace and Jacob's gazing up those endless stairs. We are wounded on the road, but we share each other's load and make each other angels unawares. Everybody backs into the future. Everybody's just feeling it for blind. Sometimes we get lost and the threads of our lives get crossed, but I'm sure glad yours got tangled up with mine. The day is gone and I know I should be going. There's barely light enough to say our prayers. Ah, but give me leave the while for to turn to see you smile and leave to love like angels unawares to live in love like angels unawares. Let's stay ready to meet angels 